Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim is going to finish the 13th chapter of the book of Mark, and at the same time, finish Mark's account of Jesus' Olivet Discourse. Jesus had just answered the disciples' question about when all these things would be fulfilled. In verses 28 through 37, wrapping up his teaching, Jesus summarizes with a lesson on what we can know, what we can't know, and what we should do with what we do know. Now that last part is really important. What should we do with the knowledge God has given us about what will come to pass at the close of the age? Well, you'll find the answers this week, and here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, This Generation Will Not Pass Away. By the way, not everybody who starts to see these things is going to see the second coming. You realize that, right? Millions of people will die at the hand of God in the, the, the horrible sequence of judgments that will unfold, and then countless tens of thousands more who come to believe in Christ during that time will die because of the persecution of the Antichrist, but all the events will transpire within that one generation. You can count on that. How much can you count on that? Verse 31, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now, Think about that. Heaven and earth. We think of heaven and earth, the, the physical universe, that's the basis upon which we understand stability. We set our clocks, we determine our calendars by the courses of earth and sun and moon and stars in heaven. We rely on a, a steady rhythm of the seasons, you know, yesterday, our, our youth raked up countless thousands of leaves, and, and that's a cool thing to do. And you know what? We never do that in May because everything's so consistent. November's the right time to be having a leaf-raking party. And he's saying, everything that you anchor your sense of stability on, it's all going away. Read about it in... 2 Peter chapter 3, read about it in Revelation 20, 21, 22. It's all going away. Well, if everything that we think of as the basis of our stability is going away, what do we have left? My words shall not pass away. So he means it. This is what you must know. Now you're looking at this. You're looking at your watch, which keeps time because the heavens and the earth are, you know, pretty consistent about all that stuff. And you're thinking, if he doesn't hurry, our potluck is going to be awful. I'm going to hurry. All right, we're going to gain a lot of speed here. Secondly, what you can't know. The next thing Jesus said that night, I think, was a real surprise to the disciples. 
All these times they had heard him give marvelously wise answers to their questions. All these times they saw him defeat the ones who wanted to trick him with their trick questions. All these times something had happened and then he had explained it and they'd gone away to ponder what he had said and the majesty of all that he said. How many times he had said, truly or truly, truly, I say to you, I bet it really caught them off guard when they asked the question, when will these things be? And Jesus said, I don't know. No one knows. That's what he actually said. Verse 32. But of that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. That's pretty astounding. It's as if he's saying, there could be a long time between the first and second coming. And now we can see that and say, why didn't they see that? Well, you probably wouldn't have if you were there. Take this in its context. Jesus explained in significant detail the events that will transpire in the seven years leading up to his return. What he said is that despite those observable, worldwide, unmistakable indicators of his coming when he's right at the door, the exact time will not be revealed in advance. Now, if you're here after the rapture of the church, uh uh-oh, but if you are and you start to see the birth pangs, you might circle your calendar for seven years from now. You might also get on your knees and give your heart to Christ and brace yourself because the Antichrist is coming after her, after you. You can know the general season as indicated from the parable of the trees. And you can even know what will occur during the specific span of time before that. But no one will ever know in advance the day or the hour. And if you think about that, I think there's a lot of good reasons why God made it that way. If the precise day were known, some people surely would think, I'll just put off dealing with God until the last minute. I know there's been some years when I've gotten unexpected, not pleasant news from the CPA, and um, I have waited until late at night on April 15th to go to that special place where you can hand your envelope and get it postmarked. If you know it's coming, and you know it's not good, you might want to put it off. You know what I mean. Believers even might tend to rationalize being complacent up until the last minute. I don't need to get serious about this stuff for now. Others might try to use the information to make a profit. No. Really? Somebody might write a book with a bad interpretation and make money off of it? Can't imagine that. Some would probably do some really strange things as date-setting cults have done many times. If you want something fun to do this afternoon, NFL games are all boring, Um, go look up a specific date in history, in church history, called the Great 
disappointment when people were absolutely sure this is the time. And then look at all the groups that spun off of that, and you'll find a lot of cultic stuff going on. It's a really good thing that the precise day and hour can't be known in advance. No one really knows if he or she or she is even going to live to see the next day. But knowing for certain the Lord will return and not knowing when, that should motivate you to live appropriately every single day. And notice how strongly Jesus emphasized that this is a secret. Not even the angels of heaven know it. Not even the ones that have been hanging around the throne of God. They have a special relationship with Him. But they're not omniscient. And they don't know this. And the secret goes even further. Now you've got to put on your thinking cap for this one for a minute. Nor the Son, but the Father alone. Jesus could look them right in the eye and say, I don't know when this is going to happen. Now if you're God... How can you say you don't know something? You would have to be omniscient, right? Well, the answer is simple. He chose not to know it. See? Now, wait a minute. What are you trying to tell me? How can I choose not to know something? I mean, I've got a gift of stupid, but how can I choose not to know a specific thing if I know the specific thing is? How, How can that be? Well, Jesus humbled himself. He emptied himself. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 describes his incarnation in part in these words. Although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Now, it didn't mean he stopped being God, but he emptied himself of something. Of what? It's the doctrine called the kenosis, based upon the Greek word kanao that means empty. During his incarnation, Jesus never ceased to be fully God in every way, but he did voluntarily set aside the independent exercise of his deity during that time. In other words, he, among other things, restricted his knowledge to the things that the Father wanted him to know during the days of his ministry. We're going to see in the coming chapters where Jesus is going to say to the disciples, I told you everything the Father told me to tell you. I didn't tell you everything. I'm not saying the Father told me everything. I'm going to go back to him. I will be fully all that I have limited now. And by the way, here's a cool thing. Don't worry about Jesus still wondering when the rapture and the end days is going to be. He does not have to watch Christian television to try to figure it out. Jesus again displays his full knowledge. After his resurrection, remember we peeked over to Acts when he, when he ascended. And we say he's going to come on the clouds as he ascended in the clouds. At, in that same setting, Acts chapter 1, verse 7, he said the same thing about how God the Father is the one who fixed the appointed day for his return. But at that time, Jesus doesn't say, the Son doesn't know. He said to them, it is not for you to know times or epics which the Father has fixed by his own authority. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.